You are listening to Unified Through Chronic and Mental Illness with your hosts, Angie Roberts and Kimberly Murphy. Please be advised that some of the topics of this podcast can be triggering and sensitive in nature. Some estimates suggest that over 90% of the American population demonstrates codependent behavior. Hey Spoonies, mental health warriors, our supporters and friends. Welcome to another episode of Unified. I'm Kimberly Murphy here with Angie Roberts. Hey y'all. And today we're talking about codependency. Now there's a lot of terms that are getting flung around on the internet with friends talking about situations we've been in like, oh my God, he's a narcissist um, because (laughs) they didn't get along or, oh, she's so toxic because they didn't agree on something or, you know, saying that somebody's needy because, uh, you know, they're in um, a relationship where somebody pays attention and is always involved. Uh, So codependency is often misunderstood. It's used in a, in a way that it's, it's not appropriate. Um, Codependency is actually a lot like relationship addiction. That's actually what it is, where it's Mm -hmm. when, where it's like one-sided or an abusive relationship. Um, Unlike interdependence, which people actively choose how they're going to be in the relationship while also Mm -hmm. maintaining their sense of self. Right. And they have clear, healthy boundaries and clear communication. So co- codependency is not actually even mentioned as a mental health disorder. Um, right. It's not part of right. the DSM-5. Right. Yeah. And a, but a lot or of people six. with um, borderline personality disorder commonly have it. Uh, yeah. And also her, you know, it goes along with um, personality disorders, period. Right. Kind of, that's what I heard. Right. Too. And, you know, the other thing is that codependent people are attracted to type B personalities. So I found that really interesting. Right. Um, But the mental health disorder that is actually what everyone calls codependent is dependent personality disorder, but that's not what we're talking about today. Um, Yeah. I just wanted to mention though, that when you're in a healthy relationship, there is an element of, uh, you know, giving of self. And I think we've become such an independent society where it's like, I don't need you. And if you do need somebody, if you do need somebody, people tend to see that as a negative. Uh, I've been married for, I've been with my husband for 24 years. We need each other. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So um, when we go through this, I want people to keep in mind that we're talking about an imbalance. We're talking about one person who gives the other person who takes and where it's not an equal relationship where there's not give and take. So um, I know you did a lot of research on this, Angie. What what stood out to you? Um, I thought it was interesting that, um, of course, it's a learned behavior that can be passed down in families. You know, the more you see, the more you're likely to do. Mm, that makes um, sense, yeah. Right. My mom's severely codependent. and like you said it affects the ability for healthy mutually satisfying relationships Mm -hmm. um it's usually kind of one-sided uh it's emotionally destructive and uh, it can be a form of abuse somebody posted something on 
Twitter, can... which I really, which I just want to say because it fits right here. Um, they said codependency is a circular relationship where one person needs the other person, who in turn needs to be needed. The codependent right. person, no, known as the giver, feels worthless unless they are needed by and making sacrifices for the enabler, otherwise known as the taker. So the enabler is the taker, which I think right. a lot of people get that backwards. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I found that really interesting. So it affects like you know, everybody pretty much, your parents, spouse, siblings, friends, um, co-workers, mm. even with persons with alcohol or drug abuse. Um, Isn't that where the term came came up was with um, in the 1980s with the drug and alcohol abuse, like the 12-step programs came up with right. the term codependency, didn't they? That's pretty much where it, where it got popular, right? Um. I didn't read that, but if you read that, I think I saw right. that. Yeah, I think I saw that somewhere uh, where it don't quote me, but I do believe I saw that somewhere <laughs> where it started with Alcoholics Anonymous. So I found that. interesting. Yeah, I too. can see how that would happen, because as we're going to get on into this, we're going to talk about how um, codependency and uh, alcohol and drugs kind of go together. Right. Yeah. So um, codependent people behave a certain way. They have like low self-esteem. They find it hard to be themselves. They feel better through alcohol, drugs, or nicotine. And they often become addicted, which is really sad. Really? Okay. That's um, interesting to me because I, I always figure the person they're in the relationship with, again, it's reversed. But I see a lot of enabling with um, women who have spouses right. that are addicted to alcohol or drugs so right yeah right. well they're just you know when you hit a certain point you try to feel better through yeah a lot of bad that makes things. sense yeah that makes <laughs> sense right right some of them develop also like compulsive disorders like workaholism uh gambling or even random sexual acts promiscuous yeah promiscuous or yeah right now I know when I was younger uh because I was raised in a family of codependent people uh or at least my mom uh I kind of acted out in those ways as a older teenager um looking right. just looking for a place to fit and I think uh it does make sense because I the more I gave I and the more I felt needed the more I had self-esteem so my self-esteem was outside of myself I needed right. that validation uh you know and that's not a good place to be uh that's definitely codependent behavior right mm -hmm. yeah it's hard though when you see it so much as a as a child then it's you definitely kind of do what your parents do yeah, and you, you don't realize until you leave your home that it isn't really that way. Like, I was surprised to see how other families actually were. <laughs> so, right. you know what I mean? So, yeah, you believe your parents, of course. So what are some of, of the course. characteristics that you found out? I know that there's um, like a list of characteristics. Now, people can have some of these and doesn't mean you're codependent, but um a lot of these together oh, you might right. you might think oh okay maybe i have a problem with this right um 
the first one, an exaggerated sense of responsibility for actions of others. You take responsibility for what other people do. Mm -hmm. My mom was doing that with my son. So, yeah. Yeah. You can't take your responsibility. You you can't take responsibility for someone else's actions. Right. So. Right. And then and then to believe that that everything happens because of you. You. Right. Yeah. That's the exaggerated uh, sense of responsibility, I think. My mom is famous for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Right. A tendency to confuse love and pity with a tendency to love people they can pity and rescue. Now, this is where the loving, the... um, Alcoholic. Alcoholic, the drug addict, the narcissist, the whatever... Mm -hmm comes in because you can risk you you know I feel so sorry for this person let me rescue them yeah because you feel like that gives you such a great self-esteem you know and it feels good to be needed so yeah but you can't rescue someone guys that doesn't want to be rescued no you can't unfortunately and your love is never enough like there's a lot of women who think if I love this person enough They'll change, right. but that it never works that way, guys. They have to do it for themselves. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, a tendency to do more than their share all the time. Um, I think that's kind of in a people pleasing yep. thing. Yep. So, um, yeah. A tendency to become hurt when people don't recognize their efforts. Now, a lot of us do this. So that doesn't mean we're codependent. Like Kim, like Kimberly said, um, it, all of these, just seeing one or two in yourself does not mean that you're codependent. Exactly. Yeah, I think we can all relate to a lot of these uh, to some extent. Right, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An unhealthy dependency on relationships. The codependent mm-hmm. will do anything to hold on to a relationship to avoid feeling of abandonment. Now, I, can I say something here? And yes, uh, one of my relationships that I had before my husband, this is, this was me. This was me. Like this guy was so toxic, like for real um, and, and abusive. And I would do anything to try to gain his love and affection and his validate, like, again, the validation, uh, right. I would have done anything, anything. And all those times, like he wouldn't show up and I wouldn't know where he was all night. I felt completely alone and abandoned. And that would mm-hmm. just reinforce the, the, the whole situation. Like when he came back and I'm getting all this affection, it just reinforced this whole cycle of codependency. Um, so I can totally relate to that one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry that you went through that, by the way. Thank you. It, I'm glad I got out. It took a while. And for anybody out there who's going through this right now, I'm going to say that it took a good six months to a year for that fog to lift. Mm. You really need to get help and you really need to take the time. You have to allow the time because you're still bonded to that person, even if you leave. So you just need to give yourself some time. That's yeah. And that's kind of in any relationship too, because I've seen people relationship hop so much that, Mm -hmm. you know, you really need to give yourself time between those relationships. You got to grieve it, figure it out. Yeah. Grieve it, yeah. Yeah. And figure out like 
What was your responsibility? What was their responsibility? What did you do? What can you change? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that's okay though, because I think that's important because a lot of people put oh, the responsibility onto other people and they don't think about their part in it. They only think about what the other person didn't do or did do. So yeah. I think that's really important. Otherwise, how are you going to learn and, and grow and, and become better in your next relationship? So true. Mm -hmm. An extreme need for approval and recognition. Yeah. So they need you to tell them that you love them. They need you to tell them that you care. They need to be recognized for what they do. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. And if not, then they don't feel adequate. Right. So it's yeah. not that they get mad. It's just that they just don't feel they don't adequate. feel and they don't feel important to you. Right. So they may find that somewhere else, but uh, they really do need that approval and recognition. Right. Yeah. And here's one that I went through for a long time, a sense of guilt when asserting themselves. Oh, I used to feel, one. yeah, I used to feel so guilty when I would stand up for myself. And now I'm just like, whatever. That's how I am. <laughs> That's like when we talked about boundaries, because yeah. if you're in a situation where you, you're not allowed to voice yourself, your, who you are and how you feel, asserting yourself can feel like you're crossing a boundary and it doesn't right. feel good. Yeah. So learning how to assert yourself. And not feel guilty is is something that uh, we all need to do. Definitely, because it's it's an important it's it's just important to be mm -hmm. able to do that for yourself. Exactly. Um, a compelling need to control others. This now, is see this one. I didn't codependent. understand. I don't understand that one because I always feel like the codependent enabler is being controlled by the other person, but I guess they are controlling other people because they're using, they're kind of manipulating the situation. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. This is that they can be manipulative um, to a point where, you know, they're crying or upset and trying to get the other person not to leave and, or whatever. I have a really good example. And you can... <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a friendship that went through, I went through this with somebody and yeah, they were very manipulative. There was always a crisis and I always had to be there. And, um, this person always right. needed reassurance. So, uh, I felt very controlled, you know, yeah. in that situation. And it took me a while to, to end that, but, um, yeah, I guess I do really understand that because I, I just went through that and it's not a good place to be when somebody is controlling you with no. those types of things or with money, like they buy you stuff or, uh, you know, like I said, there's always a crisis in there and they're always giving to you. So they're like, well, I did this for you. Um, right. And right. then you feel guilty. <laughs> and then you feel I guilty. did this for you or I was there for you when, or. Mm -hmm. um... And really when you sit down and you think about it, you're the one that's always been there. So Right. I think that's I. You know, a lot of I wonder if a lot of codependent people match up with each other. Oh, Lord. that's a good question for the everyone out there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question, I, right? I that is a good question. I didn't mm -hmm. research that. Yeah, that could be interesting. Right. So a lack of self, a lack of excuse me, lack of trust in self in others. Mm hmm or in themselves. Yep. Um, they don't trust their own judgment. That's why they need right. validation. Right. But then they, they have, don't trust you either. 
so right they don't <laughs> so, so it's just yes that's where the constant validation is that's why they're constantly needing your approval yeah because they don't trust you they don't trust themselves they don't trust you know in general they don't know how to trust right that's sad it is so, sad it is very it's sad. scary it has to be a very scary place to be i imagine they feel very lonely yeah mm -hmm. that was yeah uh, next one fear of being abandoned or alone um fear of being abandoned by the person they're with now or being alone forever uh see I've, i have that yeah so i was just gonna say I that i think, understand that i think a lot of people have a fear of abandonment uh that have been in unhealthy uh households growing right. up so i know i do uh that's something that i've struggled with and had to have therapy for um right. yeah so and then a fear of being alone like if you've been alone for a, a long time sometimes you just feel like you're going to be alone forever and uh then that's not necessarily true so <laughs> grab onto the first person and it's not always a good healthy situation no you can grab onto them and try to make them who you want them to be and that's right. not going to work out right exactly i think a lot of people are doing that and uh it's that too. whole it's that whole independent thing again um right yeah a lot of lack of compromise in relationships these days or at least what we're seeing on in social media <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um they have difficulty identifying their feelings mm -hmm. uh rigidity and difficulty adjusting to change that makes sense Mm-hmm. Problems with intimacy and boundaries. That's the that's a huge one. Yes, because they have no boundaries. They right. will cross the line just, just to feel that um togetherness, that connection. And then they have no boundaries for themselves and they let everybody cross their lines too. Exactly. For the same reason that you just said. So. Right. Just for that connection to hopefully get that connection. Right. Yeah. Here's the one that kind of surprised me: chronic anger yeah that surprises me too however the person i was just talking about had explosive behavior sometimes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was in response to that difficulty with trusting and that lack of you know uh connection and a fear of being left so i, I think <sighs> i think that's partially where it comes from yeah i don't know if they're agitated a lot in the kind of well i can I imagine it would be easy to be triggered um right if you have a I history could... with your family i know a girl who uh her father was always putting her down and saying she was all these horrible names and that she was stupid and things like that so when she was in a situation where she even if nobody said it she just felt like that like she you know people were thinking she was stupid her her anger would just go out of nowhere really fast Right. Um, so, I, you know, it could be a trigger, like you said, a lot of these people grow up in bad situations. So, yeah, and you know, a lot of anxiety can lead to anger. That's so, true. Yeah, feelings of anger. So, I wonder how that if that plays into that at all. I'm sure it does. Um, the next one is lying and dishonesty. <sighs> yeah, I think yeah. that's to please the other person. They won't always be honest right exactly they're they're gonna just tell you 
or they tell think that person what you want to hear. Yeah, exactly. People that don't have good boundaries tend to do this a lot because again, they, they want to tell that person what they think that person wants to hear and they want right. to people please. So all of this goes together. Um, the first step to creating boundaries is to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. Honestly, like you have to be honest with yourself. And sometimes that takes a lot of work. So that does take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It can be, <laughs> it can be grueling sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially also- if you, especially if you grew up in a family where your family does not believe that you have a voice, that you're taught that right. you don't have a voice. So, uh, you know, that can also lead to like issues with communication. They right. don't know how to communicate well because they've never had the option to do that. And then they fall into this horrible codependent pattern and, a lot of them don't want to talk about the truth. If you put the truth in their face, they're going to do everything they can to dodge it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that happening. Well, because they feel, I think it's because they feel uh, very insecure. So right. when you're confronting them with something, it feels different for them than, you know, it would somebody who's not codependent can just say, okay, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, they tend to, it's really big to them. Right. They also have, um, difficulty making decisions, mm-hmm. which is me. I don't know what I want to eat. When you ask me, where do you want to go to eat? Mm-hmm. It's a horrible question. <laughs> I think it's worse but, with codependence though, because they're like, oh, definitely. you know, they have a, they want somebody else to make the decisions for them. That's part of it. Um, right. So they have. Right. So they don't know how to think for them. See, this is so sad to me because I can see my mom in a lot of this. She's getting so much better. I I have to say that. But when I was younger, she had a lot of these issues. And when you don't, when you're not allowed to make decisions in your family, and then Mm -hmm. you go out into the world, uh, it's hard for you to make decisions for yourself. It's hard for you if you are dishonest. It's hard for you if you have poor communication to really make those decisions. So you just want somebody else to do it. Yeah. Um, at least in her case. It can be a lot easier sometimes. <laughs> right. And it, it also is like, if, if somebody else is making decisions for me and I do a good job, right. then they must really like, they're going to like me a lot. So it's another way to get that validation that these people are seeking so desperately which is sad. And I, I'm only speaking because I know I have been here. So, um, I'm not picking on anybody. Uh, my mom and I both have had issues with this. So I've had issues with codependency before too. So yeah, I think um, I could, it's a long road out. <laughs> it is the long road out. DBT really helped, uh, dialectical behavioral therapy. If you haven't heard of it, um, it really helped to get, break get out myself into shape. Yeah. yeah, because it deals with, you know, the here and now and reality and reality acceptance and so things like that. Um, I know that there are speaking of that. I know that there are some things that we can sort of ask ourselves to see if maybe to identify if we're codependent or not. Right. So do you keep quiet to avoid arguments? A lot, How, of, a lot of women do that, though. 
a lot of women do do that Mm -hmm. I do that to a certain extent with certain people but I I I'll keep quiet when I'm mad and then usually talk about something later I think that's healthy though what you're saying yeah Yeah, that's healthy I think this is more like you keep quiet is you're keeping you're keeping the important truth to yourself right yeah yeah are you always worried about others opinions of you yeah. That can be um that can be crippling. It can. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever lived with someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Have you ever lived with someone who hits or belittles you? Are you oh, excuse me. Are the opinions of others more important than your own? Mm-hmm. That's really I hate that for other people because I really, I am such an opinionated person and I am very strong in my opinions mm-hmm. and I, I really hate that for somebody else. I just, I, I want everybody to be strong in what they're talking about. And yeah. And here like knowledgeable this is, and this is, you know, this is like the whole situation where they, they don't trust themselves. They don't trust their own judgment. Right. Yeah. They don't at all. And that's where the, I think that's where that comes from. So, um, yeah, that's really sad. That is really a sad place to be. It is. Because other people's opinions are not going to be good most of the time. <laughs> right. And they're not, they're not more important than your own. Right. Don't, and don't if you're, if you're with somebody that has a drug or alcohol problem or who, who is abusive. Oh, definitely. You don't want them making decisions for you and their opinion, you know, meaning more than yours. But um, right. sadly, that's what happens a lot. So. I apologize. I didn't mean to talk over you. Oh, no. Did you? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Never. We both have Um, strong opinions about this subject. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Do you have, um, do you have difficulty adjusting to change at work or home? Mm -hmm. Do you feel rejected when significant others spend time with friends? Mm. Not jealous, rejected. Now, (sighs) I have an, I have a, well, there's a person I know, we'll just put it that way, who always felt rejected if I spent yeah. time with other people. That's a huge red flag, huge yeah. red flag. If you feel that way, or if you're with somebody that expresses that they feel that way to you, uh, that's a, I think that would be a, a huge red flag no matter what. So yeah, you kind of need to get out of there. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you doubt your own ability to be who you want to be? That's also another not believing in yourself mm-hmm. and not knowing who you are, not knowing who you are. Right. Um, and if, if you answered, um, yes to that question, just think about taking some self-care time and time for some self-reflection and learning who you are again. Yeah, and it's if you very important to know who you are. It is. And if you can't, if you find that you, you want to be, if you right. find that you're trying to do that and, and you still can't, that's a therapist is really helpful in yes. kind of guiding you through that. There are, yes, I love my therapist. I, I love mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I love mine too. I have a new one. She's, she's fabulous. So.
oh hey guys if you guys hear some background noise it's <laughs> it's snowing like crazy up here and i really can't help but the pick up the snow plows we so. weren't even <laughs> sure if we were going to be able to do the podcast tonight because right. they are getting so much snow up there um, yeah i'm glad that you guys have nice. power so that's the yeah thing. it's not as bad as they said it was going to be but it wasn't supposed to snow this long today i don't think so it's interesting right okay uh back to our subject um have you ever felt inadequate which makes me kind of wonder because as in everybody i know i was just gonna say that i mean i think we've all felt inadequate at some point but maybe they mean all the time probably they say do you have do you ever but most of the time ever but most I would of think, the time i would yeah. think most of the time you feel inadequate mm -hmm. yeah do you feel like a bad person when you make a mistake i do i do you? Mm. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Matters what the mistake is, I guess. That's true. That's very true. Um, I guess I, looking at it from a relationship point of view, yeah, I would feel like a bad person if I made a mistake with certain people. So, right. Yeah. The last three days I've been called a bad mommy. So I don't know. <laughs> Who's the, who's the judge on that though? <laughs> yeah. A four-year-old's making that decision. It yeah, doesn't I'm count. I'm trying to brush your hair or tell you no, I'm a bad mommy. Okay. Of course. Of course I am. Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever. Um, do you have difficulty taking compliments or gifts? I used to I used to have the biggest problem with taking compliments. Oh, me too. Like, I couldn't stand, I couldn't, it would make me very uncomfortable if someone said, oh, you're so beautiful. Yeah. And I would, I'd be like, uh, uh, and the gift thing, like I would always give gifts, but I, I, I always feel uneasy when I got one. Um, thank goodness I'm not that way anymore, but I, I don't right. know. I felt like I didn't deserve to have it, I guess. Aww. Yeah. That's sad. So I'm glad that I'm over that because the give and take is really important. Uh, I don't give right. gifts to people that don't give them to me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm at the point where it's give and take. <laughs> give and take. It's give and take. She, she is not, it's better to give than receive. She's not. I am that kind of person, yeah. Yes, she is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's just true. Kidding. Yes. You I'd are. rather give, yeah. But you're that way too. Yeah, it's fun to give people stuff. But I mean, I can understand this because if you're giving, 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 and then the person doesn't appreciate it, uh, that can feel really horrible. We're in a support group right. where a lot of people have kind of gone through that. And, you know, they've, they've all gone through a period where they felt like they just weren't appreciated because uh, we give lots of gifts to each other. The, the women are in a chronic illness group, so a lot of them can't even leave their home. So we're like, you know, send a little happy mail to, to kind of brighten their day and some of them would take advantage of the situation. Uh, fortunately, those people yeah. are not in our group anymore, but you know, it's kind of like this where, well, we talked about too, about feeling bad when someone right. doesn't like recognize that you've been good to them. So I think we all have a lot of these feelings um, when it comes to people not recognizing us as the people that we believe we are. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you feel humiliation when your child or spouse makes a mistake? I'm sorry, I laughed because 
my son if he gets in <laughs> trouble at school I'm like oh my god I'm so humiliated but yeah. I think that is a normal thing I think this means like all the time any little mistakes are um it's got to be because I know we all have to feel well my mom is, is one of these people where image meant everything to her because if everything yeah, too. Yeah. if everything looked good she was kind of OCD so the house had to be perfect and your clothes had to be perfect and what we did had to be perfect if all of that was happening then that meant her life was okay and she was okay so anything that you did to stray outside of that it really would humiliate her because she felt like it was a slight against her that people were looking at her like it was her fault um again that's that's codependent behavior at its finest right there yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's, I hated so that sad. I hated it I hated it. I wasn't allowed to be anything but what she wanted so uh it's hard right. when you're a kid growing up with that and it's hard as an adult I'm sure to raise a child when you're when you feel that way all the time so I'm, I can't only imagine because sometimes I feel that way. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine feeling that way all the time. Yeah. My mom was like, so, so much anxiety, so mm-hmm. much anxiety, which is sad. It is. Yeah. Um, do you think people in your life would go downhill without your constant efforts? I used to be like this. My friends weren't happy. I wasn't happy. Right. Life was not going to be good unless everybody was happy. Yep. And yep. unless I made it, the unless I did it, then that know, makes sense. Yeah, wasn't going to get done. Mm-hmm. So that was hard. Ooh, I'm glad I took that pressure off myself because <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. It is. It is. When you oh. think that you're responsible for everybody, that's got to be really hard. Uh, what a what a horrible burden to bear. I know because you're you are the only one that is responsible for your happiness. So I can't re- be responsible for anybody else's happiness. Right. But yeah. I was trying to be responsible for everybody's happiness that I knew that mm-hmm. was good to me, you know, and I oh goodness, that was a mess. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it can't go well. Uh people have to take their own responsibility. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you frequently, frequently, do you frequently wish someone would help you get things done? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this one. I don't You're know about- a woman with a husband and I'm a woman with a four-year-old. Yeah, Let's exactly. See. I mean, don't we all? I don't know what to say about it, but I don't I, it's got to be, um, well, again, I'm thinking about the person that has to do everything clean perfectly. The yeah. They won't let someone else do it because it won't get done right. Right. Uh, that kind of personality, I, I can see secretly wishing someone would help them, but yeah, at the same time, they're not allowed to do it because, you know, they have to do it themselves in order to feel, I guess, productive and needed. Right. So I'm sure, I'm sure that that is very hard. Mm-hmm just yeah. to feel like that you have to do everything so and you shouldn't do everything you know again it's give and take no. in a relationship it's cooperative so if it's not something's not right right do you have difficulty talking to people in authority such as the police or your boss nope <laughs> nope i don't either but i could see how a codependent person would 
be shy to talk to someone in authority. Yeah. And take that to heart too, whatever they're saying to them. Uh, right. Because really you can't try to fix those people. So yeah. And, they're trying and to fix you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm sure that would make them feel very uneasy and insecure and just kind of trigger a lot of these behaviors and feelings that we've been talking about. Right. Are you confused about who you are or where you are going with your life? Oh boy. Well, sometimes, but I've got a general outlook. Yeah. I think we all have a general outlook. So, I mean, some people are definitely more goal oriented, but I don't think this is what that's talking about. I think that if you know who you are, you know what you're not willing to do. You know, you have a general idea of how you want to live. You have your morals and ideals and ideas. Uh, right. Whereas somebody who is like having all of these issues that we're talking about doesn't. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they may not know where they're going with their life. No, maybe. If you don't know who you are, how do you know where you're going? <laughs> well, if you're trying to help everybody else, then it's really hard to, you know, mm -hmm. do that. And then the next one is uh, you have trouble saying no when asked for help. I still have trouble with this. Yeah, I do too. Do you have trouble asking for help? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you have so many things going at once that you can't justify? You can't do justice to any of them. No. I don't think so. No, but I, I can see that the codependent people do because they're trying they're to make trying people to happy. Everything. They're people pleasing. They're they're fixing people. They're doing all this stuff. So um yeah, they you only have so much time to do so many things. Right. And if you're trying to do everything for everybody, you don't have enough time in a day and it's gonna burn you out and you're gonna feel worthless. Uh so yeah ask for it's you got to ask for help that's hard though isn't it yeah it is i don't want to put anybody out that's my problem i don't want to put them out and have their uh be a burden to them you know what i'm saying so right. mm -hmm. yeah yeah i do know what you're saying that's why i don't well, like to ask for help <laughs> but, <laughs> right yeah well, codependency is treated like through therapy and because codependency is usually rooted in a person's um, childhood, treatment often involves exploration into the early childhood issues and their relationships to current destructive behavioral patterns. Mm -hmm. So these kinds of treatments include education, um, education, obviously, about your disease, or I mean, about your illness, excuse me. Um, experiential groups, I think is another yes. one. Yeah. What um, is experiential? Well, I think that they... Like a group where uh, you do a lot of role play, you can kind of work out by being in group types of behaviors that are actually healthy. Oh yeah, that makes um, so sense. I, th I think that's what it is. Okay. Individual and group therapy mm -hmm. through which codependents discover themselves and identify self-defeating behavior patterns. 
And the goal of this is to allow them to experience the full range of feelings again. I'm sure that must be powerful. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say DBT too. DBT. Angie says, Angie says DBT too. <laughs> DBT Not or that, CBT? Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is also th very good for this. Yeah, I would think a little bit of both. I mean, they're, they're pretty much, my therapist said, they're pretty much uh, under the same umbrella. So they are a lot of yeah. them a lot of the techniques overlap um so you know if you can find a either one um i know dbt can be harder to find although it's becoming a lot easier than it used to be much easier mm -hmm. so where would you find help i mean if somebody has these issues and they say oh my gosh that's me what where do i find these groups how do i find you know these things that you're talking about what did, where okay. do they go from there well, you can go to C O capital D capital A dot org. And that's a recovery program for codependent people. It'll lead you in the direct direction that you need to go. You can go to psychology today, ding, ding, psychology today <laughs> <laughs> to find a therapist in your area. You can always go to them. Yeah. And they have a really cool website. So check that out guys. Yeah, they really do. And you can also look up all their I also look up all their stuff there. Yeah, it's a great website. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> all their articles. Um, and then recovery.org. Um, it's a 12-step um, support group. That's awesome. Like, because... Codependent support group. So. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of enablers are obviously codependent. And right. they're with these people who are drug addicted or have alcoholism. Um, I mean, there's children of, what is it called? Children, adult children of alcoholics. They have a group. Right. Um, and Al-Anon has a group. Al-Anon, right. So codependent groups. Narcotics Anonymous, yeah. I'm sure, has a narcotics uh, thing for. They do, yeah. Families, yeah. So, Nar I mean. Narc, I can't remember. So, I mean, there's a lot of groups that focus on all that stuff, but to have a codependency group is so amazing. The 12-step program, okay. I think, would be really good in this case. You could probably find some books, uh, some books. <laughs> you could probably look up some books, too, if you like to read. That's mm -hmm. a good thing. Mm -hmm. And then um, Facebook probably also has some. I would be a little leery of Facebook, honestly, because everybody throws around the word codependency. It's like so, the narcissism groups, the narcissism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of misinformation. So be careful, guys. Right. And yeah, do your own education and stuff like that. If you know that you're codependent and you know you're just wanting to break through that, you can do it. I am absolute proof that you can do it. So mm -hmm. me too. Yeah. I was very codependent for a long time. Right. So oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to live like that. Sucks. Yeah, it yeah. does suck. Yeah, it sucks for me too. Uh, so what is the mantra for this week? It is, I've spoiled too many unworthy people with my time and attention to make them priorities in my life when they barely deserve it. I no longer cross oceans for people who would even jump over a puddle for me. It's not worth it especially when there's people out there who would gladly hold my hand and cross the ocean with me. 
that is powerful. For I me. know. And all of us have heard the no longer cross oceans for people that won't jettle, jump yep. puddles for you. But I didn't know there was a whole thing. I know. And I love that. And when you read it all in together, it's just, it's really powerful. It's even more powerful. And yeah. I want to say one thing before we leave. Angie and I were talking okay. earlier. <laughs> um, well, you know, there's relationships. Uh, if you have like a spiritual faith, um, oh, a lot mm -hmm. of, a lot of times, like those relationships, uh, where a man is head of household and we're just going to use like man and woman for this conversation. Cause it's just the easiest way, but you know, where you have like a man who's head of household and the woman, um, how do you want to put it, Angie? Cause like the word submission is horrible. Like that's getting a huge bad rap too. That's another term mm. that gets thrown around negatively. But we were talking about it and it, that give and take that uh, yeah, a lot of people would see that as codependent and it's not. Um, and I, I don't know, no. I guess I just wanted to shout that out to people who have that type of um, anybody I, I that can go with anybody in, in um, any type of relationship, friendship or anything. Just you have it's a give and take relationship. It's not codependent to like. I call Kimberly. Kimberly is the first person that I call when something goes wrong. Does not mean I'm codependent on her. No. That means she's my best friend and I can and ditto. go to her whenever <laughs> I need to. Right. Right. It's like that's not being codependent on each other. It's just basically I think I think like and what I was trying to say with and I'm I'm just gonna say Christian relationships. Um, because right. that's that I think that'll make it more clear for people what I was trying to say, but basically if if you have a give and take and everyone's mutually happy and everyone is like i said earlier um they choose to be in that relationship that's how they choose to be in that relationship everybody's uh, sense of self is healthy and there's clear communication then you are not in a codependent relationship right so i just wanted to throw that out there and make that clear um because like you like we were saying the terms Nowadays, they're getting thrown around. Everybody's a narcissist. Everybody <laughs> Everybody's toxic. Everybody's yeah, codependent. Yeah, and it's not true, guys. So we just need to be careful how we use those words and in which way we use them. Um, right. So we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did get something out of it, please like, please share. We're having a hard time being seen. Um, we were really happy that Stephanie Inman's episode about her daughter Rebecca got so many views because that did yes. help a lot. Thank you, God. Thank you to everybody who signed the petition. You have Absolutely. no idea Thank how you. much we appreciate you. And we're hoping to do an update on her situation. Um, I guess some good news is around the corner. So we'll we'll talk about that later. But uh follow us, subscribe, you know, all that great stuff. All of our social media information will be announced in just a moment. So you know where to find us. Uh please join us next week for our final episode of the season you don't want to oh miss that i know i can't believe we're going to be in season five soon um so st so stick with us to, to see to hear that and until then um thank you for listening to us we appreciate every single one of you and please remember that we are stronger together mask up peace out Unified through chronic and mental illness can be found at anchor.fm slash unified. There you can find all social media links as well as other ways to listen.